Hello and welcome to the Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations podcast, where we explore different topics and discuss what scripture has to say about them. Our goal with this podcast is to try and be helpful to you. I'm Justin, the family and worship minister here at Oak Grove in Arden, North Carolina. I'm here with the preaching minister, Archie Gilmer. Make sure to like and subscribe to our Facebook page and YouTube account so you won't miss any future episodes or services. Also, make sure to comment your thoughts and give us feedback on these episodes. Well, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the uh, Oak Grove Conversations podcast. We're glad that you could join us. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a topic around our spiritual lives. So now as things are starting to slowly come back open, people are getting more involved with some of their normal everyday activities, uh, we, we have this question of how our priorities were maybe shifted throughout the shutdown and now how they're kind of going back to normal. So we thought it'd be a good time to maybe reevaluate some of those priorities uh, in comparison to our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. And so uh, today we're going to try to go through a, a few maybe scenarios or you know metaphors and some scriptures to talk about how can we um, effectively you know, have good spiritual lives coming out of this uh, pandemic and shutdown and um, how can we make sure that our spiritual life priorities are first in our right. life or maybe maybe point out some things that could potentially get in the way and yeah. stuff like that i think i think uh unless i missed you saying it i mm-hmm. think what triggers this conversation in this particular time mm-hmm. is that uh when we're talking to, about your youth ministry efforts here at the church or children's ministry mm-hmm. efforts we're, we're we're starting to see that some of the world is starting to open back up and things are trying to go back to normal mm-hmm. which means that uh some of our uh youth are getting back into their sports activities or their uh music activities or their other whatever interests they have activities mm-hmm. and we're just trying to uh evaluate how that's going to affect the church coming back together and opening the church back up and getting back into what you know what we would call a normal thing mm-hmm. as far as how we do church and even trying to figure out how do we adjust to the new normal. Sure. Which which kind of brings up, you know, the main topic, the main topic of our discussions has been prioritizing as parents prioritizing the place of school and extracurricular activities like sports and music and whatever with your children's spiritual health and their act and their involvement in the body of Christ or the church. Yeah. So that's where we are today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring up hopefully a couple or two or three different parts of scripture. I think one thing I would point out right off the bat before everybody gets ticked off, mm-hmm. I, neither one of us believe that playing sports or doing extracurricular activity is wrong, mm-hmm. sure, sinful or anything wrong with it. The concern is, like most churches and most parents, is uh, for the spiritual health of not only the parents but the children as well, and how much how much of a struggle it is to get young people interested in doing the things that the church is doing. 
not just talking about coming to church on Sunday, however that's part of it, not just talking about coming to youth group during the middle of the week, however that's part of it, but also getting involved in missions, getting involved in service, getting involved in loving people and making disciples. But they have to know Christ first, right? Mm -hmm. The only way to help them with that is to teach them. And the big dilemma is if parents aren't involved with the church or bringing their children to be involved with what the church is doing, there's a there's, there's an impossibility for the youth minister or the preacher or the church as a whole to impact the children the way God would want us to. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's where that's where we're at, and uh, I'll let you start off with where you're at with Scripture. Sure. Yeah, we'll we can start there. there. Okay. Um, so the Scripture that I have that I wanted to uh, bring up is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's it's an often used verse, uh, maybe in situations where, um, I'm not really sure of specific scenarios, but let's say you had to miss church for something, or, or maybe you are involved in sports or music or something, and, you know, I would say most ministers would say, it's okay to do that mm-hmm. sometimes, but they, they would also add an additional, uh, an additional note where they'd say, you know, whatever you do, do for the glory of God, right. and so that comes from this part of scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, mm-hmm. and so it says here, um, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Right. And, and the thing that I wanted to point out with this verse is it's it's not bad to to say do everything for the glory of God. I think that's a great thing to do. Uh, Especially well, since the Bible tells us. Yeah, the, the Bible says <laughs> yeah, it right here. Right. The, the thing I wanted to make sure that we understand is it's really easy to do this thing called proof texting yeah. where we take certain verses out of the original context in order to maybe justify or or... Uh, to to say, hey, the Bible says this, so that's what I'm going to do, without maybe understanding some of the nuances of Scripture. And so I don't want to get into a really deep, exegetical conversation of, of this passage. But However. Yeah, however, <laughs> I, I want to do it a little bit. Right, right. Um, and, and so this passage, if, uh, if you look through it, you know, one thing that we learn in Bible college or seminary is, you know, hardly ever do you just want to take one verse out of the Bible and right. say, that's that's what it's saying. It, you have to take the context into consideration, and so when we look at this verse, it talks a lot about um, the, you know the church in Corinth at this time was made up of uh, some of the Gentiles who came from pagan religions, and then some Jews that converted from Judaism to believing in Christ, and uh, there were pagans that would offer sacrifices to pagan idols or pagan gods, and that food being sacrificed. Um, when they became Christians, they were like, oh, we can't do that because it's been sacrificed to this other God. It was a really big issue. So to not get too off topic, the main point, I think, of this verse when it says, do everything for the glory of God, it, it's really coming down to this specific situation of, you know, whether you decide as a person to eat food, or in this case, meat sacrificed to a God, Paul was saying, you know, it's okay. And he says this in another part of uh, Corinthians, I don't have it off off my hand right at the moment, but he says, you know, it's it's not a sin to eat that meat that's been sacrificed to mm-hmm. idols. But if you feel like it's a little bit too close to home, if you were a pagan that had worshipped that god and now you don't, right. it might feel a little bit like, I don't really know if right. I want to get too close to that again. Mm-hmm. And so what he's saying is that 
you know, whatever you decide to do with your eating, you know, make sure that it's glorifying God. But then I also think additionally, he's saying this is a church community issue where you want to make sure you're not causing any kind of uncomfortableness or division in the church. And so he's saying that whether you decide to eat that meat or not, make sure that one, you're glorifying God and, and how you glorify God is how are you taking care of your neighbor in the church? And so, and so that's how I want us to potentially see this as as we're... Yeah. Well, the reason that you're bringing this particular scripture to Mm -hmm. the table is because this is one of many parts of the scripture that parents might use to justify uh, so much time that they're spending with their children involved in extracurricular activities such as sports and music and whatever else takes them away from uh, being committed to a local congregation and being committed to the ministry that that church is doing. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they're trying to, they're trying to have cake and eat it too, really is what we do. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good at justifying things sure. because we want something and we, and we don't want our kids to miss out. We love our kids. We should. But at the same time, we're not understanding that by making these choices that seem to be okay, not, they're not harmful. Mm-hmm. They're not sinful. However, we're really not, they're really not the best thing you can do for your child. Sure. By teaching that child that all of this other stuff can come first and being a part of the kingdom of God doesn't have to be first. Mm-hmm. It can just be done whenever we have time to do it. Yeah, well, that and, was... that's, and that's where the scripture is coming. Mm-hmm. They're using it as a, well, as long as we're honoring God, we can go play ball, or we can go do the music stuff, or we can go on vacations, or go camping. Nothing at all wrong with all of those things. Mm-hmm. And let me also point out before I forget, we're not sitting here saying that it's all about coming to church on Sunday and coming to youth group during the week mm-hmm. and making it a legalistic thing. It's about your relationship with God and your participation in the body of Christ in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I played ball my whole life growing up, and it was great. I know we've I've been at uh, churches where we've had sports programs, and they were great. Mm-hmm. The point is, is when we get involved with other activities, it needs to be in a way that is still that doesn't interfere with and allows us, and maybe even enhances our ability to participate in the body of Christ. Sure. If it, if it takes away from, in any way, which is where your script, the scripture you're bringing up comes into play. If it takes away from that, then you have a choice to make. Mm-hmm. And the world is then making you make a choice between serving God or whatever the activity might be. Sure. That you're encouraging your children to be a part of, which are not sinful in, them, in themselves, but because you're choosing something over God then it becomes sinful. Yeah. And that's the biggest concern. So that's where I just want to point that out yeah. about that scripture because I want to make sure that, because in the context of that scripture, they're talking about how how you look at what you eat based on what God says is permissible, mm-hmm. based on your commitment to God, but also in reference to your relationship to other people, mm-hmm. right? Well, we said earlier, we were talking, we were discussing this, when we ask parents, if you were to ask any parent, what's the most important thing in your life? Mm-hmm. 
I would say almost 100% of those parents are going to say, my children are the most important thing in my life. Mm -hmm. And I would say rightfully so. They should say that. However, when you're filling up your child's schedule with back-to-back sports activities or music activities or band activities, whatever clubs, whatever groups, whatever, and, and you're, and they've, you've completely left no room for spiritual growth, spiritual interaction with other believers, mm-hmm. involvement in mission trips or service projects that the church might have going on. Are you really, is that really saying that your children are the most important thing? If you're not doing the mm-hmm. most important thing there is to do for them? Yeah, that, that, that's what you have to ask yourself. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of an area that I wanted to go into next is, you know, when you ask parents that question, children would probably be the first thing that they right. say. Um, a close second, I would hope if, if they're faithful parents, Christian parents, they would say, oh, my faith, my religion is, yeah. is close. And so the thing that I would like to challenge parents maybe with just to evaluate, you know, as, as we started this, you know, how to evaluate maybe some of those priorities. Mm-hmm. What, How much time are you spending with your child, that could be a first one. Mm-hmm. How much time is going towards that spiritual growth? Mm-hmm. You know, because oftentimes, and and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I feel like I'm pretty accurate when I say this. We say faith is pretty important, mm-hmm. and then when we kind of add up how much time is being spent on that, it becomes more towards the bottom of right. everything that we've done. Like as far as adding up the time of how much we've how much time we spent doing these things that becomes on the lower end of everything. That is, that is what you're explaining is uh, a picture of what it means to be masters at justifying our behavior. Mm -hmm. Basically what I mean is we're, we are, we are really good at deceiving ourselves and saying, I love God and uh, I'm his and he's number one or he whatever wherever we put him on a priority list but our actions and our time schedules and our commitment level is what really speaks out what's true Mm -hmm. and you can't get around that right anybody can say i'm a christian anybody can say i love god anybody can say i want my children to know god and i and i tell them that god is good and i teach them things out of the Bible and they may do those things wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But, but never do we ever get a chance to step back and look and see if what we believe we're doing is actually what we're doing. And all I'm saying is maybe this several month shutdown has given us the perfect opportunity to do that, mm-hmm. to evaluate to say, am I am I really who I believe I am? Yeah. As a as a Christian, as a dad, uh, as a husband or a spouse, whatever way, whatever applies to anybody, it, it does. Am I giving my child every opportunity to know God and be involved in His kingdom? Mm-hmm. Am I doing that? And that, uh, if I can interrupt right here, that's another area I wanted to go into. There might be this uh, misconception of we come to church and it's the pastors that help do the spiritual formation for right. us. And so as we were talking earlier before the podcast, uh, you know, there's this, uh, I don't know if it's idea or metaphor or something, but there, there's this thing, I'll call it that, of how much time parents get with their kids 
each year, mm-hmm. like, you know, roughly versus how much time the church would get. Right. And so this st- statistic is about, you know, the, the church, the minister might get about, you know, at most, if we're being really generous, 52 hours a year. Right. And that's saying, like, you're here twice a week for 30-minute lessons. Every single time the church would be open doing a lesson, they're here getting spiritually formed. That's 52 hours. You know, most that, of the that's, time... That's just over two days, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and so if we're a little bit, you know, more realistic, some people are going to miss for different things, and so the number comes down. But then when when you look at how much time parents have minus the time they're at work, the kids are at school, you know, how much free time do they have? It it roughly comes out to about 3,000 hours a year. So when we talk about this idea of spiritual formation, you know, one of the ideas that we were talking about earlier was how can we use a food metaphor, because we, we love those, mm-hmm. you know, it, we want a mis, the misconception of, you know, you're being spiritually formed at church, which you are, mm-hmm. but the majority of that time should be spent in the home. If this is right. something that's so valuable and so important, you have those 3,000 hours right. at home. You you have, I don't know the math right off the top of my head, but it's definitely like maybe 10 times, like way more than 10 yeah. times more the amount of time in a year than right. you're so, at church. So, so let's, to put it in perspective, because I really don't want to just skim over what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about the, the math a while ago, but basically the expectation, if we're living in that realm where we're just expecting the church to feed our kids mm-hmm. when we show up, when we think about showing up, you're saying that you want your youth minister to tell your children who God is, who Jesus is, uh, what the gospel message is about, what sin is, and then uh, they, that you're expecting the youth minister to help your children realize that they need to be saved mm-hmm. and then help them make that decision to be saved, right? And then anything else on top of that that, that comes out of that is what you're expecting out of the youth minister mm-hmm. when you're only giving him just barely over two full days of time a year mm-hmm. if you come every Sunday yeah. out of the year not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that needs to be noticed is God gave you those children. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for them. This is why the Bible says that the, the big debate without changing the subject, the Bible tells us that, well, the words are that women should be silent in the church. Mm-hmm. That, that particular comment was made as an indictment against the, the the men of the house who were not teaching the scripture to their families at home mm-hmm. and their families were coming to the church asking questions that they should already know the answer to because somebody at home was teaching them something mm-hmm. right and that's the same situation here we spend hours and hours and hours and dollar after dollar after dollar sacrifice after sacrifice to the point where we have high blood pressure and stress beyond uh, any realm of fathomable acceptance so that our kids can have the fun that they want to have. And possibly, possibly, but not likely, become a pro athlete or a pro uh, professional musician or make a be famous, whatever it is your goal is, mm-hmm. the chances of all that happening are slim. Sure. And they might grow. They might have uh, sports does a lot of great things. You get character. You learn character. You learn teamwork. You learn a lot of life lessons, and you can be built up physically and mentally and all of that. But you're missing 
what's most crucial to eternal life. Sure. And just because, by the way, this is just, I'm just going to say this. By the way, just this is another justification. Mm-hmm. I've heard it a hundred thousand times, probably. We do devotion before the game starts. Mm-hmm. So that's the same as going to church. And it is not. Mm-hmm. It's great that you're talking about God. It's great that you're reading out of the Bible. It's great that you're uh, including God in your activities. Nothing at all wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if we fooled ourselves into believing that that takes the place of being in fellowship with the body of Christ and participating in the work of the body of Christ and uh, participating in the service that the body of Christ does to the com- for the community and to our neighbors, we have we are better at manipulating ourselves than we ever thought, if that's what we really believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Because being a part of the church, being a Christian, is not about coming to church on Sunday morning and taking your kids to youth group. It's about loving people and loving God and following his ways, which also means sometimes we sacrifice. If it was up to me, I'd race cars every Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I don't have the money and kind of busy on Sunday morning. And back when I was racing cars, I wouldn't get home until one, two in the morning. Mm -hmm. How am I going to preach Sunday? Can't do it. Got to make choices. Mm -hmm. Right? Same thing with our children. And our children need to learn how to do that. Yeah. yeah, so uh, one of the things, too, that we were talking about a little earlier that could maybe be used, because I don't want this to sound like you know we're coming down on parents or right. anything, but uh, here, here's a thing that we talked about earlier that could be pretty helpful uh, for this situation, maybe. So we were using some food analogies and things like that, and so uh, we had talked about this idea of, you know, maybe church could be like if you have a good home cooked meal or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have dessert with that meal. Right. You might not have dessert every time with that meal, um, and you also probably can't live off of dessert. Some people, as much as you want to, it's it's not going to be very healthy. That sounds like a challenge to me, yeah, but I let it go. It, it might not be a very healthy <laughs> thing, and and so the right, way right. we wanted, uh, you know, as pastors to look at. Uh, how can we maybe reevaluate this understanding of you come to church to get spiritually formed? The, the way that uh, Archie was describing it earlier was, you know, we can uh, maybe set the plate for you, but that main course, and, and maybe we can have dessert here, you know, maybe that's what it is. But that main course during that week, you, you have to do that work at home. And so to, to maybe, you know, get out of the analogy state, you know, if you're not doing that, spiritual growth as a family at home and you're just coming here on Sundays or maybe Wednesdays and having that as your spiritual food that you're growing on uh, you're not going to be the healthiest spiritual person because you got to do that work during the week you're most likely not going to come to church if you're not doing it at home Mm -hmm. if you're not if you're not praying with your kids you're not teaching your kids about scripture you're not you're not teaching them life lessons as because you're sharing life with them every day they're living in your house Mm -hmm. we're not sharing life with them as pastors we just see them once or twice a week at the most. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if we go to a ball game or something or whatever the case is, that's when we're seeing them. We're not sharing life with them. Sure. Y'all are living with them. You got to do this. You, you got to sit down and show them what priorities are. And every time the decision comes up, do we skip out on our commitment to God so that we can go to the amusement parks or to the ballpark or to some club event? If, if the answer is let's skip church, it's okay every time you're teaching your kid that it's okay to put God second Mm -hmm. or third or fourth. Sure. Right. And you're teaching a message that says, 
as long as you say you're a Christian, you're okay because God loves everybody, mm-hmm. which is not the gospel. It's not that that's not the way it works. Now you said a while ago that we're not trying to come down on the parents, mm-hmm. and I'm total hundred percent want people to understand that we're really not trying to condemn anybody here. Mm-hmm. I don't. There's nothing at all wrong with having your kids involved in athletic stuff or extracurricular whatever it is that they're interested in Mm -hmm. go do it for the glory of god however Mm -hmm. if it's if it's taking over or taking precedence over your commitment to god as a christian family you have a decision to make yeah And, and here's how i know that it can be done where there's plenty of evidence that it can be done sports can be a part a big part of your life as long as god is there number one first because you, you got people like Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Tim Tebow. Godly man. And was successful as a f- football player. Mm-hmm. And there's hundreds of other Christian athletes out there that spent a lot of time in, in, the, in that athletic field. But they got to be godly people somehow. It didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Somebody was feeding into them while they're involved in those sports. So that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the church isn't going to solve the issue if it's not done at home, the church is just going to there to enhance and, and help guide. Mm-hmm. That's the responsibility of the church. And so let me read Matthew chapter six. And uh, we only got a few more minutes. So here's, here's where I stand on the whole matter. Mm-hmm. And this is, doesn't just apply to children in sports. It applies to me as a pastor. It applies to me as a, as a husband and a father or as a person in general. It, it says this Matthew chapter six, verse 24 says, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will uh, be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And that scripture is not about money. It's about God being first or whatever else is more important. Mm -hmm. And it's saying you can't serve two. You can't be totally sold out to something in this world and totally sold out to God. You You can't love one without hating the other. So every time life presents us with a choice as individuals or as parents between whatever it is we are desiring to be a part of and God, whenever the world says it's either or, we have a choice to make right then. Mm -hmm. Who's our master? Who's our God? Many times in life where both can be both can exist in your life that's where we go back to your original scripture mm-hmm. it might not be sinful to partake in these foods but it's not helpful to these people over here because they're having problems with it or it maybe it brings you too close to something that you did have a struggle with mm-hmm. same thing with anything else in life if your children see the reason why children don't go to church a lot of times there's plenty of kids that do go to church, by the way. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of parents that are doing great in keeping their kids involved in the kingdom. But the ones that aren't are struggling. The reason they don't come is because the church hasn't done a very good job of making something happen to where they desire to be here. Mm-hmm. Because once the children desire to be somewhere, the desire has to be greater than whatever that sport is or whatever that music thing is or whatever that club is. They got to decide. I want to be because ultimately parents are going to if they say if the kids if the kids come along and say if the kids come along and say that's our timer if the kids come along and say uh, I would I really want to go over and hang out with this church or go on this mission trip or go do this service work with my friends mm-hmm. 
at this church or something and parents are going to say, but you got ball practice. And if the, if the parents are paying attention when that happens, they're going to start realizing it's like, you know what? They'd rather be involved in this. Why would we make them go do this? Mm-hmm. Right? So the job, our job as disciple makers is to create atmosphere of service to the kingdom and work for the kingdom to where people want to be a part of it. Because mm-hmm. if they don't desire to be here, they probably, don't, they probably won't come. Sure. And the parents won't make them come. Mm-hmm. So there's responsibility on both ends, I think. Yeah. So that's that's where I stand. Where you got to decide who your God is, mm-hmm. and and we have to safeguard ourselves and our children, and not teach them that anything like sports or music or work or anything else can become a God. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all yeah. about teaching our kids priorities. Yeah, yeah, and uh, maybe as a closing thought, uh, if there is. Uh, time where you have to miss church, like we've said a few mm. times throughout this, yeah. that is okay. If you're doing sports, that's yeah. okay. The the thing that I would maybe want to make sure is at the forefront in those times is if you're involved in those activities and you want to follow the the verse of you know whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You know that there's that idea of community there of you know, how are you caring for the church body and community. If you're mm-hmm. involved in those activities, make sure that. At the forefront of your mind, you're making time to extend the kingdom right. of God. You know that if if there aren't any opportunities, find mm-hmm. out a way that you can make an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you just can't find one, then I think that's when like look. real reevaluation yeah. has to take yeah. place. But but in those moments, you know, make sure that spiritual growth is happening um, and that there are opportunities you can put into those situations because, right. because not all ministry happens in the church. Most of it probably right. doesn't. No. Yeah. Like, like I said, the 3000 hours at home is, yeah. you know, a lot more church that they could be getting than right. the 40 to 50 they're getting. Here. So what we said earlier about that was that Sunday morning church, Wednesday night Bible study and every other group activity that the church does on a regular basis is for the purpose of the body of Christ coming from their homes, from the world into the church and celebrating what God's done, Mm -hmm. teaching each other what we've learned by living the Christian life Mm -hmm. and praying for one another and encouraging one another and then go back out and do it again. Yeah. It's, it's, we have it backwards Mm -hmm. and, and it's like the, when we come together, we worship God on Sunday morning, we praise him for all the things that we were able to do, able to learn opportunities to serve him and love people, opportunities to grow, teach my kids some things, even on the ball field. Sometimes it happens that way. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying it's not, we're not saying it's wrong and you shouldn't go play ball. We're just saying maybe this shutdown is an opportunity for us to do a good evaluation on where God stands in our family. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we're, I think if we're bringing up our children from day one in Christ, when they get to be older children, sometimes it can be their decision. Sure. Right? Because like you got you got practice tonight, son, but there's also this mission trip going on. You're going to have to decide what you think is the best thing to do. And if we brought them up right and encouraged them, they're going to follow the Lord and make their decision. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is saying, as pastors, as preachers, all we're doing is saying, encouraging, trying to encourage people, because it's between them and the Lord whether they're, what they're doing is right or wrong. We can't sit here and say you're wrong for doing this with your kids. We're just saying, evaluate and ask God: Are we genuinely putting Him first? Sure. Yeah, that's a good question. With everything, 
including what we lead our kids in and how we get them involved? Mm -hmm. Or are we burning our kids out because we got them involved in so many things they couldn't talk to God if they wanted to because they don't have the energy? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's that's what I'll finish with, and I'll let you shut it down. Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, I hope that this has been a little bit helpful, maybe a little bit challenging, um, but... And we might continue with this and lead into something else next week. But if you got any of those uh, comments or anything, uh, leave them below. But as far as that, we'll see you next time. Hey, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We also want to encourage you to subscribe once again to the podcast. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel and share it with your friends and family. We would love to hear your feedback in the comment sections or find us on our Facebook page and contact us through Facebook Messenger. Again, we are here at Oak Grove Christian Church, 5 Morris Road, Arden, North Carolina. I'm Archie Gilmer with Justin Miller. Thanks again for listening to Oak Grove Christian Church Conversations. We love you and the Lord loves you. See you next time.